Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Good Morning Amigo. Yo, what's up? This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Good Morning Amigo on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Having a great conversation back here on Good Morning Amigo, Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And, and we told you we have in, in, in studio, I think I went dead here, Frank. Uh, I'm in studio, Isa Peguero Friedman. Did I get that correct? Yes. Her message is interesting. And you know that we love, Frank, to empower our students, our young adults that are here at part of Slam Radio. When I say young adults, I refuse to call them kids. And I think they are identified as young adults around here for a reason, because I give them a sense of responsibility that's a little different than math and science class. Uh, but the truth is they are teenagers, they are figuring things out, and it's people like you that help them understand the value of certain things that they're not going to get at home no matter how good their parents are. So welcome to the show. Hope, hopefully uh, you enjoy the platform. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been doing, your mission, and, and why it's so important for our students here at SLAM and everywhere to hear your message. Absolutely. Thank you first, Larry SLAM, for having me here. Um, it's very interesting that you say a couple of things about people not getting certain things at home. That's one of my biggest phrases and biggest points to make in my book. Um, my book is all about what you don't get taught in school and what you may not hear at home. It's stuff that you kind of, after you start to self-govern 18 plus, that you kind of figure it out for yourself, fall into routines and fall into patterns. So. Uh, my journey, just to take it back, started with me doing community service and community service for many, many years, and then saying, you know what, two years ago, um, I'm not doing enough. I want to do much more, so I wanted to do legacy. So my legacy wasn't going to be uh, one hour a month in the various states that I am participating with community service. Right. So I said, how can I sit with all these teens and um, have a conversation with them. It's literally impossible to clone myself so far. So I wrote a book, and then I wrote a parent book that complements the teen book. I saw that. Yeah, because, Larry, the conversation can't just be me fixing myself, but everybody else around me not speaking the same language and not looking and reflecting. So it's all about self-awareness. There's no way you can empower yourself. There's no way you can have self-confidence. There's no way that your anxieties are going to go away. There's no way that you're going to live your best, most fulfilled life or your purpose in life if you, A, don't know who you are. If you go around taking selfies, if you go around looking great, and you go around saying, I'm authentic, it's not enough. You gotta live those words. You gotta live those actions. I am I am moved immediately by like the very first couple of pages, and you have a, a section that says, "Are you an imposter parent?" Yes. <laughs> so Frank, you know how I get about los halade. Oh yeah. Right? A mí no me gusta el halade. El halade nope. para la gente que son aladoso, que they like to be living yeah. in their fantasy land. You know how I love to say, "What color is the sky?" In your world, right. young lad, because people love to live elsewhere, everything away from reality, and, and I think that that's part of the problem. When you say being an imposter parent, I've been doing this parent thing for about 19 years now, and the one thing I try to do is I try to speak to my kids as adults, but I also try to show them that I may have imperfections and that I may be 
uh, not as good as they may think I am and show them how you learn from those mistakes and be better. Mm-hmm. Is that not being an imposter parent? I want you to give me an example of what might be an imposter parent. I got, I got the selfie thing. I, even I'll take selfies from here and there. I'm going to be self-conscious about my selfies now, Frank. I just want to make sure. <laughs> but truthfully, like, what divides or what makes the difference between a parent that's involved and engaged and someone who's an imposter parent? So... I started my parent book because the selfie things was I was talking more about my team book, but my parent book with that for many reasons. First, because I like irony and I wanted the impact to get everybody's attention. But an imposter parent is all of us. um, It could be positive or negative. Even the best of parents have an imposter moment. So if you're going out in the world and you tell your child, hey, make sure you don't say this, you don't talk about our family, you don't do this, it's proper because you don't want to, right? Mm -hmm. But I want parents to know that for the child, it's confusing. We're sending two different messages to them. And they're building that awareness, okay, in public, I'm this person, and in private, I'm this person. So just being uh, more authentic, more and more communicative with your child when you're saying, hey, you can't talk about that. Don't say that person's name. It's not good to say th- our family business in front of other people. Tell them why. Show them how to be because we want to make sure that we do influence and teach our children um, not to air the dirty laundry, right? But we want them also to understand that it's not because we're, it's okay to lie because you don't know how your child is going to filter that information. It's not okay to lie, and you're not lying. There's just different personas that we have to represent in our lives and in our world. So that's why imposter parent. Isa, there's a lot of accountability on the parenting side of this book. I noticed that you engage in some activities on a week-to-week basis that will help us as parents learn how to better engage and bridge the gap with our kids. Explain the mindset behind that, because you do break it down almost like in a classroom setting. It's interesting to see how it's a week by week. It's like a lesson by lesson. But it seems like the accountability is a lot more on us than it is on them. I love that. But give me a little more, uh, Actually, more into it. It's not. It's just formatted different. So I have a background in not only education, but obviously corporate business. So for the girls, I do have it structured for them in sections, but based on their minds and their learning patterns and building without them knowing, they're just having fun, right? And for the parents, I you know parents are extremely busy. So I ask them only to ask, here are your seven sections. I break it down for them. So if you know the end result, you can work your way through it. Mm -hmm. So here, I just need you to ask and answer one question a day. That's it for seven weeks and make that commitment. See, parents need, adults need a little bit more structure than kids and kids need it to be more fun. But at the end of the day, the end result is the same. You're learning about yourself. You're amazing because you made it fun with some exercises and things that get the information out. With us, you got to straight up write in journals and being accountable for what's going on and, and recollecting, which a lot of times as parents, the mistake we make is we live in that moment, right? We forget that we said this Three days later, the kid remembers, yeah. the child remembers, the teen remembers, the young adult remembers mm-hmm. at whatever level your, your, your mm-hmm. child is at. Yeah. And we don't even think twice about what we may have said that may have hurt their feelings. We may not even said it on purpose or in a way to hurt their feelings, but they took it differently. And yes. A, thank you, by the way. There's an accountability. <laughs> yeah, that's our, yeah. our sound engineer. There's an accountability to all of that. 
Yeah. That puts the onus on us to be a, a good parent. But not only as being a good parent, it also makes you look at why you said that and how you were formed to say that and how your values were created for you to have that mindset to say that. Because we give what we have. We can't give what we don't have. So that's how we do the domino effect. So it, it does both books hold people accountable. I don't have the answers. I'm saying, here's how you find it. It's in yourself. My, my, my phrase to everybody is, you have the secret recipe to yourself, to your happiness. You just have to find it. And we get so involved and so in our lives that we forget who we are and we never stop to say, hey, how, how did I get my favorite color black? How do I, des how do I um, like to study more and how do I like to study less? What has happened to me in my life that I feel secure about myself or I feel insecure? What happened to me, and we know as parents, as people, as humans, doesn't matter the age, mm -hmm. that's what I'm asking everybody to ask. How did you become to be a person, a human that you are? Why do you speak the way you do? Why do you dress the way you do? Why do you represent the way you do? Why do you gravitate to the people the way you do? What is your career? What is it? Who are you? And then as parents, I want to take it to the next level because now we're responsible for other human lives. So what is it that your goal is to be a parent and are you executing that? So, um, so I'm a little, I'm known to get emotional about stuff. They make fun of me on the uh, show. I'll give you um, And I'm reading your week by week thing mm -hmm. and I'm moved because it does bring into, in, it brings to the forefront a lot of the things as parents that we are challenged with. Um, and you know, when they get older, the problems just get bigger because they're yeah. older people. Like it's just little how kids, it works. little problems, big, big kids, big, big problems. problems. <laughs> like it's just how it works. Um, but the one thing I can tell you as a parent that both of my kids have always appreciated is the level of honesty that I come forward with That's and in showing them the mistakes that I've made mm -hmm. and not being afraid of showing them that. Mm -hmm. And then turning around and go, look, this is how you want to do it better. Mm -hmm. um, Man, you capture a lot of that here. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. And, and Larry, you're I'm ahead of the game. I'm at a loss for words. And man. you're ahead of the game. Most parents want to be the perfect parent. I'm gonna be the first one to raise my hand and say I was. One of those chapters is about me. I always wanted to be a superhero mom. I had to be a mom and a dad by choice, and I wanted to be the super parent all the time. And my son, to this day, now 30 years old, says to me, "Mom, you always made it look so good." I didn't know and I said that's exactly what my job was but was that the best way no because their life skills that by me making it look so good and so easy that maybe I missed out the opportunity on teaching my own kid so now 30 plus years later I understand that and can share that with others I uh four years ago took this job here and I think that part of the reason was so that I could learn to understand that age group uh, yeah. 300 of them on a yearly basis wor worshiping me and me trying to figure out why the heck and and all along I didn't realize that it was a perfect roadmap to raise my own kids because I could see infallibilities in them that they trusted to tell me that my own kids probably because I was dad they wouldn't tell me half the time mm -hmm. uh, and allowed me to attack certain areas as a parent that were amazing and you have a you and your teen is the is I think it's the final Section. section here and it says in the parent book the very first question you ask and it is unbelievable because I'll always look at both Anthony and Amanda mm -hmm. and bring out the qualities I wish I had that, mm -hmm. that I don't possess that they do mm -hmm. and you ask what's one quality you wish you were more like your teen and it's amazing as a parent to turn around and do the job of raising those kids 15 16 18 plus years 
and seeing that they're their own individual, no matter how much you might have influenced them for their favorite cereal, their favorite baseball team, their favorite whatever, that they had their own mind, their own way of seeing things and thinking of things, mm -hmm. and that half the time or most of the time it's better than anything you ever did. Mm -hmm. um, the thing I learned the most from kids is that they teach me as much as I teach them. And, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at this, and what in the world motivated you to do this? Is it your own challenges as a parent? Uh, I, I'm like, this is so in depth. I can't. It's very personal. Show. I got to tell you, I got to let you tell us more about how we can learn about this, how parents who are listening can learn more about this. Um, I'm just floored because you touch on everything that is, it's, I don't know what to say. I, I wasn't expecting to be so moved by it, but yeah. Thank you. It, it absolutely puts a lot of things in perspective. And goodness, we know that we have problems raising our teens sometimes, and our parents, you know, I know when I was a teen, I thought, you know, my mom and dad were a little bit of a pain in the ass, to be very honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, but it turned out that they weren't so much that, that they were just looking out for my ass, which is a lot different. And now you, it's your turn to be the pain. Yeah. Um, the question is, how do you do that without it hurting the tuchus, right? You want to be a pain somewhere else, or at least you want to be an influence. But tough and, love is love, Yeah. right? If you don't discipline your kid, it's discipline is love. But the focus in my journey is all about teen girls. I have, since six years old, had a, I was going to be a juvenile court judge. I don't know how that came to be, but since six, I was at a mallet in my desk playing. Instead of playing with Barbies, that's what I was doing. That didn't happen, and I went into community service. And I've been working with teen girls and women, um, either homeless, coming out of prison, or just mentoring at high schools. Amazing. And that's not enough. At my age, and I've been blessed in my life. I've had my own challenges. I've had my own experience, but I've also had many blessings. And I feel if I've taken care of myself, my family, it's time if I have the bandwidth to take care of my community. And that's where my legacy comes in. And every single, from cover to cover, it's ev it's me personally. It's having me sitting in front of you, talking to you. That's how I'm cloning myself and showing you my favorite colors, my favorite flower, my favorite wallpaper, the butterfly on the teen book in white is so they can color themselves. The butterfly broken up into pieces on the parent cover is because they're building the butterfly, they're building the kid. It ha Everything has meaning. Those questions in there are questions that I ask myself, questions that I ask myself as a teen, as a girl, um, questions that I ask my parents, questions like that question that you read in the parent book, that last question is what are the traits that you would like for your kid? My mother, her whole life, has always told me I want to be just like you, want to be just like you. I, I wish I could be more like you. And it was a lot of pressure. And at times there was a bit of, it felt like jealousy to me when I was younger because I didn't know what to do. I felt uncomfortable. I was like, oh, my God, Mom, like, really? So that's I poured myself into it. And I don't have answers. I'm a human just like everybody else. But I've, I'm pouring everything of mine out. I think it's clear. It's pure. It may not fit everybody. It may make people swivel in their chairs because I'm not asking you to give me your top three goals. And I'm not asking you for the status quo. I'm asking you to have a deep conversation with yourself and be honest with yourself and look in the mirror and not see your makeup and go look in your eyes and look at your soul. Listen, I, I shared with you the first time I met you off air, you said that somewhere between 70 and 75% has been the number of young ladies as a part of Slam Radio. We are mostly women at Slam Radio. I say we, right, Frank? I mean, collectively, our, we, we channel our feminine side because we. we're so, our leaders have always been the women, the Wonderful. girls, the young ladies that are, that are the most responsible, the best students in our school. 
Um, but they have their stories. And what we're amazed at, you know, that's always a delicate thing. We stand back and we give them room to grow and we let them feel comfortable in the space that is Slam Radio. But that's a very unique relationship that I think is best. Like, I, I'm dad, right? So, like, our, our student station general manager, Daniel Perez, calls me dad and has called me dad for years. Mm -hmm. uh, she's not my daughter, but she might as well be. Like, I adore her and I love her. But that's a cute relationship to have. But at the end of the day, when you move a mountain with a young lady, it's usually another young lady who's either been through it or, or at least understands what it is about going through it. And you strike me as being that person. What's the satisfaction or how do you feel when you see that you had a direct impact on someone? Not, maybe someone reads the book somewhere and you don't know they read it. I'm talking about maybe someone you've worked with in the past that you've seen the direct impact from it. You don't have to share the story, but share the impact that it had on you. I, it's like oxygen in my lungs. It, it feeds me more than anything else. Um, beside the love, dedication, and compassion that I have for my family, I just love human beings, and it doesn't even have to be girls. It's all humans. Like, one of the things in this generation is there's a lot of titles going around, and I'm telling you, the only title I've ever had to have is my name, Isa. Okay? My, my, all my titles in my careers are for payroll. All my titles in life, I just want to be a good human, and I want us all to see each other as humans. Every time the impact that I want to see is that aha moment for everybody, oh, my God, I got it. Forget my name. Don't forget my message. That's what I tell everybody. It's, it makes me feel alive. So the day I die, I know that my legacy is that I've made a change in people's lives, which that's what really counts. The Parent Book is the power of parenting for the teen. It's a guided journal of self-discovery and self-leadership. What's for the, for the teen? What is your favorite section? And oh, why? my gosh. They are, I, the whole entire book is my favorite section. Which, by the way, you teach, them, you teach them well how to journal because a lot of this is letting them understand how to kind of yeah. disseminate their feelings. And a lot of the teens have trouble yeah. talking. Like, our, like the host of our student national daily show called The Youth is a girl by the name of Nicole Martinez who in seventh grade was would cry when she had to come up and face the students to talk about or present something. She didn't want to do it. And today, obviously, she's a voice of a radio show, and yeah, I can't, I can't keep her quiet. Yeah. But it's funny, somewhere in between, they had to learn that confidence. She had to learn that confidence that she had that voice. Yeah. And I find it interesting that through journaling, as always, I used to love to write. Yeah. I was a writer myself. But a lot of times, they can let go of some of their emotions through that, and you teach and them. And I that. made it very unique, Larry, to say that this, people say, oh, I don't want to read a book. Well, you're not reading. It's a sentence. It's a question. So you're not reading a book. And then I don't like to write. Well, it's okay. I'm a big doodler. One of the ways I think and I go deep inside of me is that I take a pen and pencil and I just doodle hearts and unicorns and rainbows. So if you don't want to write, I put little sections there for you to doodle. So doodle. Doodle your thoughts. Draw. And I made it all black and white on the inside. Use your colors. Use your pens. Deep, deep, and you're going to find something. And my book is for girls between the ages of 13 to 18. So it depends where you are in your life and what you're doing in, with your life that you're going to relate to hopefully every section, but there's going to be one section that's going to be that hot spot for you that you're going to say, man, she got it. And then you're going to build from it. And then go back to it. Keep this in your nightstand and keep reflecting back. And the last chapter, the last section of my book is you're writing a letter to yourself for five years from now. And meaning like this is your promise to yourself. This is your journey. This is not about me. I'm on mine. 
you find yours, find your purpose, keep up with your journey and hold yourself accountable for it. What would you say to the parent that has the challenges of a teen girl between the ages of 13 and 18, only the parent is a dad? I know that those My are infrequent. If you open the book, the first question is, and the teen thing, because I was a dad. So the first question there is, what is, what is, your, what is your dad? And then it says, my mom heart equals my dad. What is your relationship with your dad? Because every teen girl, whether you have a dad or you don't, or he's a good dad or a bad dad, has an experience and has impacted them no matter what. And so if your mom is your dad, it's there for you too, because this is real conversation. This is not about prettiness. This is not about, this is about real. Like I say, we're not writing goals here. We're, bu we're building people. How, uh, how do you overcome teens that are not breaking down those barriers? Because, I mean, sometimes they make it difficult. Sometimes they don't want to talk to you. Like, sometimes you'll have a student there in class, and they say hello to you, yeah. and they're kind of nice to you, but they don't talk to you. I have a student. He was a former student of mine. Cool. He sees me now. Hey, what's up? Well, he was in my class. He was very quiet. Yeah. So dude, always got good grades, but, you know, he was to himself. A quiet guy. That people are like that. Sometimes you can't pull them out. Sometimes you can't do that. Hopefully... This, in their quiet space, is safe, and they can pull themselves out. I think it's important because they don't realize that the world... You know, They're not alone. Yeah, They're mean, not alone anymore. A lot of people anymore. feel the same way, and then people have to try to overcome it. As well, but some have a difficult time, right? Look, when I went to Barnes & Nobles, and I live all over the world, I go to the Barnes & Nobles, I go to the Books and Books, and I go into the teen section, and there's not a journal out there that is talking about their insights, their thoughts, their feelings. It's all about goals and saying all the right terms and the hashtags, but nobody's talking about their feelings. Now you go to the woman's section, you go to the adult section, and you have rows and rows of self-help, okay? So that's one of the reasons I've always concentrated on this, before they become adults. So from zero to five is where we form who we are. Mm -hmm. Then after that, you, you just go into the process of school, community, and family. So you kind of just, me, I was a product of my patterns of routines and families, and I would repeat what I knew. Mm -hmm. Having a voice is not repeating somebody else's message. It's finding your, your own, own message. Your own voice. Okay? And not everything has to be said. And you don't have to be aligned with everything and everyone. You have to have your own set of values and create your own world. So when I was out in L.A., I spent a lot of time out there. It was all about, and I'm telling you, rich and poor, are famous and not famous, okay? And it was like, oh, I don't know where, who I am and where I fit in. Well, I've never known that to be. Since I'm six years old, I've always been Issa. I've never had that problem. So it was foreign to me, and it was so, so upsetting to me. And the level of anxiety that these kids have is, is beyond. Like, they don't have real situations where they have to be anxious about just getting dressed to go to school. You know? It shouldn't rise to that level. They're challenged with some of the strangest things. To us, at least, it's strange. We're looking and go, well, oh, my goodness, because we're not in their mind. We're not thinking the way they we're are. We're not in their world. But some parents are because it's social media. Listen, when you wake up in the morning, if you're reaching over to your phone to see what's happening, even if you woke up happy and ready to take on your day, and you reached over to your phone, and you went on social media, and you saw everybody's perfect life and perfect day, then you walk into your bathroom, it just doesn't look as glamorous, and you don't feel as glamorous, and you don't have your glam team with you, you're gonna, unconsciously, you're gonna be like, 
Okay, another day in my life. So don't reach for your phone. Go live your life. Mm-hmm. That's understood. I think a lot of people, we could, you know, God, we, we've heard so many messages. I've heard Armando himself make the message about, you know, don't live your life on IG. Like, that's but just it's not- still happening. So everybody's saying the right things, but that's what I'm saying. Hold yourself accountable and do it. Life is not about words. It's about actions. It's about behaviors. You know, I can, what, what I do when I close the door to my room, that's who I really am. So if I'm quietly there looking through Instagram, even though I don't post anything because I'm too cool, I'm not liking anything because I'm too cool, but I'm looking it, then you're, you're like a closet Instagrammer, right? You're like looking at everything and checking everything out quietly. So you're still engaging. Absolutely. So there has to be some honest and some truth and not to talk to you and me about it. Talk to yourself. That's what it is. It's the deepest, most honest conversation you're going to have with yourself as a human, period. What's going on with speaking engagements? Are you, are you having any of those? Have you thought of having any of those if you haven't? Because this is a pretty clear message. It's a pretty yeah. strong message. COVID permitting, the goal is in September, we're going to have a fall summit every year. I'm going to kick off here in my hometown, 305. There you go. And better way. bring my no. people. My books are coming out in Spanish as well because my Latin people, my community is everything. And then every year my summit will be somewhere else um, throughout the United States that I've been asked to come and, and, and participate. That's beautiful. Again, I am teen becoming or becoming I am teen. I, it's very interesting how you have a, one for parent, one for the teen. Yeah. And the one for the teen, like I said, it seems to be so interactive. It is. And it has to be fun. I don't want to say it dumbs it down, but it does make everything very fun. There's nothing dumb about it. Larry, it's deep. If they think they're going to finish this in a week, I don't think so. It could take a week just to answer one question if they're being honest with themselves. So, so I'm going to use the eight. She's almost 19. I'm afraid that she might be just a little too old. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, because of COVID, I think the last year and a half has stunted her growth. I think I'm going to have her do this, and I'll do it with her. Absolutely. I'm going to engage in this one with my daughter. Absolutely. I, I have some mothers doing the teen book. They're not, you're never too old, never too Mom's old to learn book. about yourself. Yes. That's interesting. I had a great following of the, some of the most powerful, great girlfriends that I have here in South Florida. They came out on Sunday. We all went out to Coconut Grove, brought out their teens. The teens got the book. The parents got the book. And I'm telling you, they even started a book club where they're doing it all together, not only with their teen girls, but as a mom group and the teen group. That sounds excellent. Tell us a little bit. Do you have an IG? Do you have a website? Yeah. IG, I am teen official, website, imteen.com. We're there, and this is just the first of much more wonderful things to come. I'm looking forward to talking to you again. You're welcome on the show whenever you want. If you have a special message, you something, initiative of some sort, Mi Casa Tu Casa. Her name is Isa Peguero Friedman. Her book, I Am Teen, check it out. She's got one for parents. She's got one for the teens, and I think it's a must-do, especially young ladies 13 to 18, which is what it's directed towards. Plus. plus. <laughs> My daughter's a plus 18. <laughs> She's not 19 yet. She's going, don't make me out to be older. But I'm going to, her and I are going to do this. I'm going to play mom on this one. Perfect. And I'm going to do this. Thank you so much for coming Thank on Good you, Morning, Larry. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Thank to everybody. You. Thank, Thank you, Emilio. Thank you. Thank you, Slam. All right. On the other side, we'll be back. We'll keep it continue. Final segment of the program. Good morning, Amigos. Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on Good Morning Amigo are entirely those of the host, 
guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.